Hey everyone, welcome to JoJo's World. Hola amigos. I'm Liam S. Smith, the one of your co-hosts. And I'm Nick Ballantyne, the other one of the co-hosts. Well Nick, it's been an interesting day. Yeah, yeah, it has been actually. We've been beset by technical problems, but we've overcome them, and then we had some waffles. Oh man. Well you had waffles, I had a burger. Yeah. Let's tell them about the sweet joys of food, shall we? Food is a thing that you need to eat to put in your body to live. Sure, well that went places I wasn't expecting. I just thought we were going to say waffles. They're the prime food. The best food. The only food. Only eat waffles. We are not at all sponsored by waffles, but... Sponsored by Ego. If, if we were sponsored by anyone... Sponsored. If we were sponsored by anyone, I want to be burgers, but if it was sponsored by anyone, waffles. Today we watched episode 9 of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, part 3, Stardust Crusaders, entitled Yellow Temperance. Ooh. It covers chapters 136 through 139 of the manga. A dependable three-chapter gap. <laughs> Alright, yeah. <laughs> this is what we call a, uh, a Jotaro-focused episode. Yeah, yeah. No, I can see why. Though in a way it was kind of also Kakuin-focused <clears throat> in the sense that there was a big Kakuin-shaped hole in the episode that was all about... Kakuin. That it was all about. Yeah. Yeah. And how Kakuin is secretly deep down a massive tool... And then we find out, no, no, he's not. Well, I mean, at best he got downgraded to the same level of massive tool that the other Crusaders are. Oh, shit. What are you saying? What are you saying about these Crusaders? Come on. Come on. You, it'll become apparent that these guys are kind of jerks. Okay, if, right. it if it hasn't already. Okay, okay. I only see them in positive light so far. Okay. So, how dare you? Similarly, in this episode, we get uh, one of our first great looks at how the true antagonists of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure are jerky bystanders. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Kind of. It gets undercut. But yeah. regardless. How they're just sort of there, and then at the end of the day, you're like, oh. <laughs> that person's dying. What a loser, <laughs> is what they say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I didn't really... Yeah. 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 <laughs> now I look back on it. Yeah. So... We open where we left off last time. Literally where we left off last Joseph time. Joseph is using the TV to get it to tell him that Kakuin is Dio's servant and then it explodes. <gasps> and then we get a shot of Kakuin with menacing kanji. Yeah. Or well, katakana. Yeah, the gang are on the Singaporean beach and uh, they're walking along. Uh, Kakuin's a few paces behind them and his face is dead as a doornail. <laughs> he is ready to kill someone. Yeah. With his face. They're walking and wanders off and is like, hey, you, sell me ice cream. <laughs> And, I, and the guy, the guy who looks really cool, he's like wearing sunglasses and he's got spiked hair. He looks like a general Singaporean person. He looks like if Sonic the Hedgehog was a human. He does! <laughs> Holy crap! He kind of looks too cool for school. Mm. And while also simultaneously being rad. Yeah, even though this is set and made in the 80s, this guy looks 90s as fuck. <laughs> he was on the cutting edge of fashion, yeah, even yeah. before fashion was known. <laughs> So he's like, I don't have ice cream, but I can sell you these coconuts. They're better than ice cream. What? And Chilled coconut milk, I think it is. Or coconut juice. Yeah. Yeah. Coconut water, coconut milk. Something along Is there a difference lines. between coconut milk and coconut water? There is now. Okie dokie. We've just made it. Coconut milk is thicker and more pungent. Yeah. Consider the coconut. A small round object that is also brown. What's that? Have you seen Moana? I have, yeah. Yeah, there's that song. Um, what do they do? They make their nets from the fibres. The water is sweet inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They use the leaves to build fires and something else. The coconuts give them life? Sure. That'll do. Their coconut guns fire in spurts. <laughs> if they shoot you, it's going to hurt. Oh, no. Can we go one episode? One episode without a DK rap? Mm. Yeah, right, I'm okay with that. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> Things happen. Uh, they buy these coconuts. Uh, he's like, that'll be 12 Singaporean dollars. And I think, is it Jotaro that protests? Uh, and she's like, and no, we'll pay six. We'll pay six dollars for these coconuts, okay, sir. I'll get, I'll get the coconuts with my, with, it's definitely my wallet. I'm Kakuin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 100% a cool guy. Yeah, come to think of it, since we later learned that this is an imposter. So is the wallet part of the goo? Or did he steal Kakuin's wallet? <laughs> or... Oh, shit. This thing has layers. What if that's just his normal wallet and mm. he's gone, okay, look, $10 now, a million dollars later. Strategically takes the ID out. Maybe he left it in. Ooh, he likes to live dangerously. But, okay, here's the thing you don't see in the anime, right? In the manga, he pulls out his wallet from before and says, that money that I paid for, it was mine. And there's his ID in yeah. the wallet. That's it. That's how you get it. Yeah, if he didn't do that, we never would have realised he wasn't Kakuin. That's it. It's like, well, prove to me that you're not Kakuin. Here's my ID. You monster. So, anyway. <laughs> Kakuin gets out his wallet. He pays with what looks like a credit card from a beachside stall, which is unusual. I mean, it could just be cash. True. We've also never been single. his hand slowly falls down to his side holding his wallet. And this guy, who also kind of looks like a Sonic the Hedgehog character made human. He has, like, a yellow dip in the front of his face. In his hair. That came out yeah, very oddly. Okay. He has a blonde streak in his hair. Yeah. Which means he's a criminal, clearly. Yeah, he runs past, he snatches Kakuin's wallet and runs off. And everyone's like, <gasps> Kakuin's wallet, what? And then Kakuin looks at him, and then his eyes go menacingly black. Yeah. And then go normal again. A lot of shots of Kakuin in this early, early part of this episode, where he's animated in that way, or drawn, I guess, where his eyes are just like black pits. And they're just unending darkness. Mm. So he shoots out Hierophant Green out from his uh, his his foot, basically. Yep. He snakes along the ground and grabs the guy by the ankle and pulls him up. And then he pull- he basically trips him. Yeah. Like and the fool that he is. He, he walks over to him. He tromps on over to him. Trump, trump, trump. And then he picks him up yep. and goes, how dare you steal from me? Knees him in the face. You think you can steal from me? What does he say? I, I wrote this down. It's something like, like a piece of shit of like you thinks you can steal from someone as great as oh, me. He describes him as a sewer cockroach's dick. <laughs> you little shit, cough up your guts, knees him in the face, holding him by his hair. We're getting some good insults this episode, yeah. actually. Then he starts. He goes on this crazy rant about like, you think you can steal from me with the same fingers that you used to wipe your ass? Come on. And then he picks him up. Puts him over his shoulders and does classic wrestling move, a backbreaker. And uh, at this point, this guy is like gargling up blood. Yeah, his shirt is ripping. Uh, his spine is cracking quite badly. The punishment does not fit the crime. Oh, I don't know. I mean, why did he steal the wallet in the first place? He made his choice. This guy is just getting really into it. He's just murdering this man on the, <laughs> in the streets, and is like, "Wow, this is intense." This is bad. It's, he's I should he's not using such filthy language. <laughs> I have been completely, completely destroyed by this man. Mm-hmm. He knows how to talk proper. Jojo is like, okay, Kakuin, that's enough. And if it's enough for Jotaro Kujo, you know you, you've gone too far. <laughs> that's it. The man who smokes as a teenager. The man who hospitalizes bad dudes all the time. The guy who literally will kill you if you talk about his mother wrong. Yeah. The guy who taught a substitute teacher a lesson. Big fucking lesson. <laughs> I think it was a regular teacher. It doesn't matter. Oh, okay. Um, so he's like, okay, didn't you hear me tell you to stop? And then he, he pushes him. He doesn't comfort the thief, but he's like, okay, fuck off. 
Yeah, pretty much just like a, you're done here, just yeah. go home. And then Kakyoin, we see him from behind, like he squats down, and then he stands up straight, and he turns around, and he's weirdly calm. And he's like, you didn't have to hit me. I was gonna, I was just kidding, I was playing yeah. around. That guy robbed me, he was a bad person, he deserved it. I think Jotaro's response is, yeah, like, no. I'll take that coconut now. And then he takes the coconut and sips it. And then Jojo goes, he's. And then we cut to the OP. <laughs> Uh, now, I have a cold-ish, or recovering from cold, so I'll try my best to recreate the intro in my cold, despondent state. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. We are obsessed with nerd things, aren't we? Yeah. I'm obsessed with the Cantina theme. Well, to be fair, it's the best band in the galaxy. The modal nodes. The modal nodes. And that one guy whose name is like. It's not Max Revo. No, it's like Mangel something. I don't think it is, but okay. It has like three apostrophes in one name. Well, that's old Star Wars EU names. Yeah. It's crazy. So then we hit the actual episode. important thing in the OP that I tried to subtly point out to you while we were watching it this time. Oh, yeah, that I forgot again. We see in the background, in the same shot that we previously saw, the ship, Forever's Strength ship. Yep. Uh, we see the Singaporean cable car building and the cable car that we later spent ah, a lot of the episode in. Well, well, well. Yeah. 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 I didn't notice it. <laughs> Again. I mean, it's tricky because I don't want to just be like, oh, yeah, there's the cable car. They, they're going to spend a lot of this episode <laughs> in. It's like, would you look at that cable car over there? Maybe it'll come up in the episode. Yeah. Maybe you should keep your eye out, Nick. So the, the episode begins again. Kakyoin's like, hey Jojo, you're not angry at me because I hurt that thief, are you? You're not going to part ways with me. I would never think of it. Meanwhile, some kids nearby are like, hey look, there's rhinoceros beetles in that tree. Wait, that's right, he just cuts them off, doesn't he? Yeah. Kakyoin is like trying to justify his secret identity. He's like, Jojo! <laughs> so you can tell he's a bad guy because he's saying Jojo like that. Yeah, you can immediately tell just from the way that Kakyoin's acting that it's not Kakyoin. Yeah. Don't think so hard about this. I'm just a bit annoyed. The trip has left me exhausted. I'm in a bad mood. And Jojo's like, seems to me you were feeling pretty good. And then we get a shot of like Kakuin diagonalized a bit with like a little beam of light going across his eyes in completely different color palettes. Yeah. And it sharpens. <laughs> Letterboxing, I think they call that. Letterbox. It yeah. letterboxes. So Jojo explains that tomorrow they're leaving Singapore, they're going to India via the train, Mm -hmm. so now they're taking the cable car to the train station. I'm explaining this in detail because Nick had trouble following it in the episode. I literally just went, hang on, they're taking the train to India. Then what's the cable car for? Yeah, what? why? They're taking the cable cars to the train station to book their tickets for the train tomorrow. But then why are they taking the train? Why not just take the cable car? Because it doesn't go to India. Oh. That'd be cool though if it did. Yeah, no, it'd probably be more a lot, of, a lot of maintenance. Here's the thing I don't understand. A lot of breakdown. Is there actually a train that goes from Singapore to India? Because it feels Hang to on. me yeah, like there'd be a lot of water in the way. Ocean in the way. Yeah. That's unusual. Do you see my problem with this now? Hmm, I never thought about that. Write in if you know about trains from Singapore to India. Is there some form of bridge that goes over, maybe? It's plausible. I mean... Who knows? A channel? Let me actually let me look it up on a map. Huh? It definitely exists. 
here we go, Malaysia. Burma Railway is rebuilt, then Indian Railway will also train to Singapore in the future. In the future, but Wait, not, hang on not a in minute. the 80s. Hang on a minute, when was this written? Okay, according to the date, it was written in ads by Google. That does not help me. Do it already, Indian government dopes waste time is the only comment. <laughs> so. Inconclusive. Inconclusive. Maybe in the future it's plausible. Who knows? So Jojo starts walking away to go to the cable car station, and Anne looks back, and Kakyoin is over near the tree, hunched over, and there's loud eating noises. Oh, he's just eating the coconut, that's all. Yeah, he's yeah. considering the coconut with his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> he's considering the coconut uh, from its native Singaporean land with his face nut. Yeah, and yeah. he's like, oh, I guess he really likes coconut juice, huh? And then he turns around and she catches the briefest glimpse of rhinoceros beetle carapace and legs in his mouth. Was he... Was he eating the coconut? He pokes it into his mouth and chews it with blank eyes. Oh, no. That ain't catching. And she's, she's like, I must have seen it wrong. It must have just been a piece of coconut fibre. And he's like, yes, I love coconuts. And then he pulses and grows slightly. <laughs> and uh, Anne is noticeably freaked out yep. by this. Runs back to Jojo, grabs his arm and is like, it's fine. <laughs> there is nothing wrong. Yeah, you know, whatever. All is well. Yeah. Now they're at the cable car station. So at the cable car station, some weird shit goes down. Jojo's got an ice cream. With a cherry on top. Which is kind of weird. Like, you don't just get a, a kind of soft serve with a cherry on top. Maybe you, you don't. You get like a decadent sundae with a cherry on top, and then you don't eat the cherry because cherries are gross. Thank you. No <laughs> one believes me when I say they're disgusting. Yeah. God. Fucking weirdos liking cherries. Kakuin. Kakuin, you fucking worst character. <laughs> In one motion, Kakuin approaches, says, Jojo, give me that cherry, I'm starving. And at the same time, takes the cherry and pushes Jojo over the railing he's standing next to. <gasps> How could he do that? Uh, Jojo grabs onto the railing and also grabs his arm to support him. He pulls himself up and Kakuin is like, I'm kidding. Wasn't that a funny joke? How I tried to kill you just now? Literally, like, push him off the edge of a railing on, like, the top of a cable car station. As he's giving you his cherry. <laughs> God damn it, man. No pun intended. Ugh. I'm just kidding, dear Jotaro. And then he, he puts the cherry in his mouth and starts going like... Which subtitled to lick, 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 lick. Yeah. I think I've heard also heard it written as Rero, 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 Rero. Rero. Yeah. None of those sound, like, appealing to He's me. rolling it around on his tongue like a crazy guy. Yeah, it's really weird looking yeah. as well. And then... It, it just falls out. Falls out onto the ground. <gasps> magic! Yeah. Well, not really magic, just like, tongue mechanics. I think Anne exists in this episode because they don't want to give us too much internal monologue of Jotaro being unsure of himself. Because <laughs> he can't be like... Kakuin's acting strange. This is really weird because it just doesn't seem right for his character. Yeah, no, so, he'd be like, huh. So instead, Anne is like, Kakuin's acting like an entirely different person. What's going on? He's a real dick today. Yeah. And so he picks the cherry up off the floor, puts it in his mouth, grows slightly. <laughs> I think this is when you first noticed it. Yeah, I was like, hang on a fucking minute. Yeah. Did he just did he just grow? And you were like, no comment. Why are you glaring at me, Jotaro Senpai? Ooh. Now Kaki, the cable car arrives And Jojo's like uh, Get on Kakuin The cable car is here I've told you to get on And then he holds out his fist and he's like I've got a ticket for you here 
And then smashes him in the face. He says, take it and get lost now that you've been possessed. <laughs> and when he punches him... Yes. It's interesting, because he doesn't just punch him. He really hits him hard in the face. Hmm. And Kakyoin's face kind of explodes. I don't know if exploding is... His jaw just... is basically falling off. Yeah, it kind of distorts a bit. Yeah. He has this weird black... I mean, the black is the sensitive. Out. Yeah. So then like... it'll be bloody. Oh, uh, gotcha. Yeah, he has, like, black censored out rips in his face. His mouth is much lower. It doesn't close all the way when he talks. Yeah. And his tongue is hanging out and the cherry is on the tip of his tongue. Which, obviously, is the most important character point here. <laughs> yep. Matches his uh, cherry earrings. Ah. What a loser. <laughs> <laughs> For the rest of this podcast. Man, Kakuin. What a fucking chump like <laughs> cherries. Yeah. Uh, he's like, well, no, I haven't quite been possessed. Haven't you noticed that I'm like nine feet tall now? And we see uh, like a height comparison shot where Jojo is, you know, 6'10 or whatever he is. Yeah, uh, too tall. Yep. And Kakuin is like a good couple of feet higher than him now. And he's like just knocking on like the side of the cable like, car. Yeah, because he's in it now. So he's yeah. like slightly ducking below the roof overhang. Yeah. Yeah, and he just, like, knocks on the roof, like, do you see how tall I am compared to this door? Yeah. That's right, I'm bigger than you. I could even lift this door. Oh, God. (laughs) Jojo gets in the cable car for some reason. Well, he's got to beat him the fuck down. I guess so, yeah. He's like, could it be a stand? But I punched him, so is 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 there such a thing as a stand I can touch? Like, maybe a giant ship out at sea, or... Nah, that or doesn't a make doll sense. that might be in Polnareff's room. <sighs> That's ridiculous. Could you touch a stand? Could you touch a stand? Could you feel the wind? <laughs> it does sound like the beginning of a song, doesn't it? Can you hear the stand of Joseph Joestar in the wind? The no. whole thing is just stand, <laughs> Joseph Joestar, and wind. <laughs> All right, sure. Just repeat it. Whatever again, you, whatever you need, buddy. I'm making this song. <laughs> yeah, the cable car leaves, and uh. The man who claims to be Hakuin explains that his stand is a stand that combines with any flesh it consumes. That's why normal people can see it. (sighs) This also explains why Anne is freaking the fuck out. Yeah. So the guy is like, hey, check me out. I'm a guy. Uh, My stand, yellow temperance, suggests the temperance card. And the Hakuin facade pulls back to just become all this yellow goo on his shoulders. And he's just a a shirtless guy. And he is handsome. Yeah. So, you want to talk about (gasps) temperance? Do I? Okay. Tarot stuff. Okay. Wasn't expecting that, but go on. Temperance is the 14th card of the Major Arcana. Uh Uh-huh. It signifies uh, temperance, strangely enough. Well, well, well. Uh, Things like moderation and compromise. Uh Uh, Maintaining balance. Uh Uh-huh. Like cooperation, uh, equilibrium. Things that I have no idea about. Experiencing health. So experiencing health. You, know, you mean like uh, good health? like Yeah, yeah. yeah. Renewing okay. your energy, healing. Yeah. Uh, and combining forces, like joining with others or synthesis, which uh, I think kind of keys into the stand power a bit. Just a little. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to synthesize with your face. And make it part of my bod. And fuck you the hell up by eating you. Six feet taller. <laughs> it's opposed by the tower, which signifies extremes or things exploding apart. Uh-huh. And, uh... The world, which, uh, oh, sorry, reinforced by the world. Okay. Which signifies integration, synthesis, or and a combination of all things. The world. The world. Ooh. The world. This explains why he enjoyed the crayfish. Because it's part of the world. Ah, and the cherry. Ah, the cherry. It's a whole new world. Of shitty flavours and terrible textures. Consider the coconut. <laughs> okay, I'll consider. Okay, uh, 
from LearnTarot.com. Uh-huh. To be temperate is to show moderation and self-restraint. In a world full of enticing indulgences, it is often necessary to find the middle ground. Sensible, maybe, but also a bit boring? <laughs> In readings, temperance can represent a, meeting, a, a need for moderation, especially when extreme cards are present. In conflict situations, temperance suggests that compromise and cooperation are vital. Look for any opportunity to bring opposing parties together. In fact, to temper can mean to modify by adding a new component. By combining and recombining, we come up with the ideal mixture or solution. Temperance is the card of good health in all areas. This sounded like a chemistry commercial. Anyway, go on. <laughs> yep. Something about uh, the right mix of having five different probiotics in, oh, your, God. in your supplement. We watched like six Crunchyroll ads for this probi- probiotic supplement in a row. When we reach the ad break bit of this, yeah. I'm going to just... Ooh. But I think it broke and showed us all of the episodes ads at once, because later there was an ad break that briefly started, no, no ads loaded, bits. and then yeah. you just resume the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, temperance is the card of good health in all areas, physical, mental, and emotional. When illness or disease is a concern... Oh, sorry. Dis-ease, because there's a hyphen in this. What? Dis-ease. Where is it at? Dis-ease is a concern. I guess, like, not being at ease, oh. which could be a... That's a thing, right? That's... Is that at all... Does anyone know if that's related to the etymology of disease? Dis-ease. Yeah. Ugh. Temperance holds out the promise of vitality and well-being. Huh. Now you know about the tarot. <laughs> the tarot. Uh, now, the stand itself, mm-hmm. as you've we've just seen... Is a giant yellow blob. Yeah. It's like a gelatinous bulb. It consumes all things. It makes itself stronger. Literally eats everything. Yeah. And everyone else can see it. And as Araki said in his Jojo Valet note, mm-hmm. at first, many of my ideas for enemy stands came from horror items. You have a fishman, a mummy, a cursed doll, and so on. Laughs. And this one is another in the horror items series. It's a slime. The the blo- blob. Yeah. The, the blob. So there's a couple of movies called The Blob. The first one made in 1958 and it was remade in the 80s. Yep. Uh, which is about a blob from space that eats everything. Well, I mean, it doesn't eat the pipes, does it? It just goes through the pipes to eat people. Well, yeah. Everything being everyone. Of yes. The, the blob that ate everyone. <laughs> That's oh, from blob. something, isn't it? Probably The Blob. I think there's a... a Possibly just an audio-only bit in something like The Simpsons, where mm. it's like the monster that ate everyone, and you hear the audio when it's like, "Did it eat Judy? Oh, yeah. It ate everyone. What about Sammy? It, it ate, ate everyone. everyone." And that's the blog. <laughs> it also kind of has shades of like John Carpenter as the thing, I guess. It too. does, yeah. It's transforming thing that wants to feed. Well, and... I think the thing was another one that came out in like the twenties, and it was very oh, similar like a to short the story or something. No, no, no. I think it was just a movie that came out. Really? This and John like... Carpenter was like, oh, well, this is a cool idea. I'm just going to use it. Okay, I haven't heard that. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'm going to research that yeah. after the episode. There you go. Whereas, although the blob in the movies, the blob, was uh, mm-hmm. defeated by cold temperatures, as we'll find out later, Jojo can't defeat yellow temperance in the same way. Because it has no weakness, supposedly. Allegedly. Until it's... We find out it's weakness. But anyway, we'll get yeah. to that. And uh, we don't find out this guy's name in the episode... Mm-hmm. But this is the stand user Rubber Soul, which is ridiculous to me, yeah. but so good. Thoughts on the name? Uh, fantastic. Yeah, because Rubber Soul sounds like some kind of band reference. Not a name a human would have. Yeah. But then again, neither is Ario Speedwagon. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hang on a minute. That man is a national treasure. <laughs> he made the Speedwagon Foundation. He did. 
He colluded with the Nazis. The good ones, though. Rubber Soul is the sixth studio album by the Beatles. Oh, I'm not a huge Beatles fan, so I didn't know that. I mean, I know, I... Frequent. You know, I've listened to enough Beatles in my time to to know their (laughs) music. To know their music. To know what a rhinoceros beetle (laughs) is and who the Beatles are. I mean, really, when it comes to the day, just, I would like to be under the sea, in an octopus's garden, in the shade. Alright, I'm leaving. That's it. So, this album includes uh, songs you may have heard of by the Beatles, including Norwegian Wood, yep. Drive My Car, uh-huh. Nowhere Man, uh-huh. Day Tripper. Gotcha. Oh, sorry, no, uh, Michelle. Not Day Tripper? No, uh, Day Tripper and We Can Work It Out were recorded in the same recording sessions that they made the album, uh... but were related at least as standalone singles. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the album's name mm-hmm. comes from the term Plastic Soul, which popular, Af- popular African-American soul musicians coined to describe Mick Jagger, a white musician singing soul music. <laughs> Take that, Mick, I guess. To be fair, they have... A- yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Mick Jagger singing soul music does not come across as not plastic. Yeah, a bit insincere, maybe. Oh, probably just a touch. Mm. Probably. Back to the episode, I guess. Yes. So, uh... Rubber Soul is there. He's like, check out my handsome face. Look at your hand. You've got my goo on it from when you punched me. It's going to slowly eat you. You're, you're done, mate. Uh, yeah, if you try picking your hand with your... Picking your nose. Picking your nose. Picking your hand, yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, if you try picking your nose, guess what? It's going to get- be in your nose. That's one booger you can't get out. <laughs> Suck it. Uh, and if he touches his other hand, touches his hand with his other hand, it'll spread to that hand. There's, there's nothing he can do, so says the guy. It has no weakness. It is the perfect organism. The more it eats, the bigger it gets. Just like me. It turns out the real armour was his ego. Now I eat a cherry and get six feet taller. <laughs> Jojo tries to punch him with Star Platinum, but this is cool. I like how this works. Mm. Uh, we see Star Platinum try to punch him. Yep. Uh, Star Platinum's arm is encased in the goo. The yellow goo that has no weakness. And the burning sensation transfers to Jojo. And that's represented by, like, purple flames around his arm. Mm. But the goo itself hasn't spread to Jojo's arm because I guess that's not how the stand works. Yeah. Yeah, which I I think that's a good way of of showing that. That he's being slowly digested spiritually. At this point, Anne calls Joseph and recaps everything we just saw. But I don't know how she could see the things that were happening in the cable car that left. I think, like, we, we as viewers of the show probably see it. A fair bit differently to how she sees it. But she even describes, like, Jojo has goo on his hands that's going to eat him. I mean... And there's only, like, the top of much, the yeah. first half of his pinky finger that's being eaten at the moment. To so be she, fair, She's is... got really good eyesight. Yeah, well, I mean, she is, what, like, 13 or something? So her eyes haven't deteriorated that much mm, yet. Yeah. We haven't seen her wearing glasses. She can see you from here. Exactly. She recaps that. Uh, I love how... How casual the things we see Joseph and Abdul <laughs> being up to are. Joseph is answering the phone in the background. It just looks like Abdul is reading a magazine or something. After the last time we saw them, they learned that one of their party is a traitor. And they're like, huh, that's concerning. Anyway, you want to get some get some food? <laughs> hey, room service. Um, if you see any, uh, any traitors come back in here, just, you know, yeah, get on that. Also, have you got any macaroni and cheese? <laughs> While they're on the phone, Kakuin wanders into the room and he's like, hey, guys. Oh, this. <laughs> Did someone say my name? Uh, Jojo left me behind, so I was sunbathing by the pool. In your school uniform? Yeah, so? It's definitely him. <laughs> yeah. It's an imposter on the cable car. Yeah. How did he get into their room? The door was wide open. Those fools. Anyone could come in and stand battle them. <laughs> a stand user? Yeah. A non-stand user? Just a normal assassin? So many possibilities. 
Yeah, I just love Kaguin being like, oh, I was, you know, I couldn't find Jojo, so I just went and hung out for a while. Yeah. I love that. I told you that I would love to see a scene where Kakuin takes off his school uniform, maybe for like a bath or something, and then uh, there's just this giant tan line where his school uniform is, and just ghostly white. Just a blinding VoIP. Yeah, like that's his secret stand, <laughs> is white light. <laughs> Back at the cable car station, uh, Jojo jumps through the wall of the cable car he's in. And Anne is like, he's just jumped through the cable car. He's fl- flying through the air. And then we break for ads. Now let's talk about some ads. I mean, we kind of already did. Oh no. Oh no. We haven't quite gotten to that point. All right. Yet. Lay it on me, man. Okay. So we have the shot of Jojo posing midair with like legs crossed. There are glass shards everywhere. Glass shards everywhere. He's reaching towards the edge of the, of the, uh, the cable car building. Will he make it? And then probiotics ads. Oh wait, no. Yogurt ads first. Which is kind of a probiotic. So we got two ads of some yogurt and you were like, I like yogurt. And I was there going, no, only gym bros like yogurt. How dare you? And then the probiotic ads begin. And uh, it was weird. She has a very weird lifestyle. This, this Okay, lady. yeah, let's talk about this apartment. So there's this woman who's like in just like a jogging outfit with like yoga, yoga gear, pants. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Um, and she's in this completely empty house or apartment yeah. unit thing. It's... Got a sort of kitchen island that's part of the construction. Uh, the only possessions that we see are a yoga mat and like some black orbs that are probably yoga balls. I don't even think they're yoga. I think they're just like ornamental orbs of marble. <laughs> uh, and that's all that there is in the house. And she talks about like, we need to construct a healthy, healthy life outside space. life space for us. And, and that's hers. Like basically this warehouse she lives in. <laughs> this despondent woman. Yeah. My God, why doesn't she live a little? Uh, yeah, so then... She basically goes, we need a healthy outside living space and a healthy inside mm. one. Segway to talking about the product. Now, this is where things get really weird because she's basically pointing around, like, I don't want to say her groin, but basically, like... Her stomach. Her stomach down to about, like, her thigh, more or less. And I was just like, oh, that's, like, her stomach. Okay. And she talks about, like, you know, probiotics. They really help you get through the day. And then that ad ends. And I was like, oh, okay. Next shot is another one of those ads, except now she has a child. In the same... In the same abandoned warehouse <laughs> unit. And I went, huh. So w- when she did the, like, inside living space around her region, I should have known. I mean... She was hella preggers. I suspect these ads aren't meant to be viewed as a series because... Any ad is a series <laughs> if you work hard enough. All right, shall we move on? Yes. Okay. Crunchyroll, get better ads. Jojo's jumping. He's jumping off the cable car. He's not going to make it. <gasps> but then he grabs the side with Star Platinum and pulls himself up. Which was friggin' yeah, sweet. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So I also like that they have spent, like, no time on it. They're just like, oh no, he's failed. Oh no, Star Platinum. Yeah. You know, he's, he's resourceful. He's quick thinking. Yeah. He can grab things with his magic. <laughs> with his evil spirit. Yep. Pulls himself up. And the guy is just standing in... In the cable the car. The half of the remaining cable car. Slowly, very slowly getting away. He's like... You didn't escape, I let you go. You didn't win. You fucking idiot. Yeah, yeah. You can't escape unless you cut off your hand because my stand will eat you. Suck it. So it kind of comes across as, yeah, I let you get away. Yeah, yeah. I'm cool. Yeah. It's it's not very convincing. <laughs> Although, to be fair, he does indeed have... He does. He does have the blob He's got Jojo witness. in his grasp because Jojo Grep pulls out his lighter... And he's like, well, it'll burn me too, but I'll try burning this fi- this goo to death. And then the goo gets stronger. Yeah, it basically 
The heat makes it expand faster and it's all over his hand now. <gasps> He's in strife. What's he going to do? He looks over to another cable car. There's a kid licking a, uh, an icy pole in there. He's like, huh, if it doesn't work heat good, perhaps cold it bad. Yeah. Yes, a plan formulate I have. This is the only place I know where I can get something cold. And so I think he jumps to that one. He does a sort of running jump and it's, do- it's doing that thing that I like that we only see occasionally, mm. which, and I'm glad we only see it occasionally because if it's done too often, I wouldn't like it. Uh, yeah. Where he's, he's r- running and Star Platinum is sort of overlaid on him, enhancing his, his own abilities. Yep. And he runs and does a jump and grabs onto the side of the cable car, rips the door off the hinges and just climbs on in. In this cable car, we have a sleeping man, the man's child, Mm-hmm. Uh, the sleeping man is holding a leash with a small dog on it. Who is uh, over by a woman. Yeah. With heaving bosom. She's a little heavy set, I would say. Yes. Uh, this will become important momentarily. Yes. And he's like, hey kid, give me your icy pole. <laughs> so from this kid's perspective... A man who has just jumped onto the cable car and ripped the door jumped off. Jumped like ten feet. Yeah. And he's just decided... Hey oh. kid, give me your icy pole. So he starts tearing up a little. Sort of wordlessly gives it to him in terror. And, and then, he's like, I'll buy you a new one when we get back to the ground. Yeah. There's the woman who's over there is like, hey, uh, maybe you should not take it from him. It's like, uh, is this your son? No. Well, then shut up. Yeah. Enjoy your ride, bitch. <laughs> Give me the ice pole. So he so takes the icy pole. He applies the cold to his the goo on his hand. And as... As a defense mechanism, maybe, or just because this is what happens, it's yeah, I think unclear. It, it has no weakness. So. Yeah, uh, the goo forms itself into sharp spikes and burrows into his hand further. That didn't work. That was a bad plan. So yeah, he doesn't. It doesn't work, and the lady's like, "Hey, cold won't work. I told you it has no weaknesses." You idiot! And he's like, "What?" And she, okay, she starts laughing and like grabbing her boob. Very specifically, her left boob. All right. Because JoJo's left hand. Ooh, ah. symbolism, I guess. I guess, very vaguely. <laughs> and he's like, you, you're that guy. Yeah, and I am that guy. The camera pans down and we see that her leg has sort of sort of collapsed into a pile of ooze and he's consuming the dog that was in the carriage. <gasps> and the kid wakes up his dad and is like, Papa, the dog, the dog. And the, the dad wakes up and is like, no, Pocky. Pocky! Just pulling on the leash and Jojo's like, no, don't pull, that's a bad idea. As he pulls on the leash ever harder, the dog's head gets ripped off. Yeah, poor Pocky. Three dogs, we think. Yeah, now, we know we've been maintaining the dead dog count for Jojo's World, but it's been a long time since a dog has actually died. There have been dogs that have been saved, hit. Yeah. So there's been Danny. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been the dog that Cars saved in... Joseph's I was, was going to try to era. give an episode number, but that's dumb. <laughs> uh, in Battle Tendency. Yep, yep. And now this dog... There's there must have been other dogs. I swear there was one more dog yeah. that died. But I have no idea what it was. It might have been just like a patrol dog for the Nazis. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know these things. Could have been a werewolf. Oh, there was, of course, the uh, the dog with the head of a man. Oh, God. That dog died. <laughs> oh. Yep. I think we counted that as a half, though. Yes. Yeah. Maybe we had two and a half before. It was the two, then. Well, that is the question. I guess let us know how many dogs have died, listener. You'll know. We hope you know. Yeah, if you don't know... Listen to your heart. Yeah. Look it up online. <laughs> Do better than us. So now we know that Rubber Soul is a bad man because he killed a dog. Killing dogs is not a good way to maintain any kind of disguise. No. Uh, yeah, so I don't think he grows because the woman is, like, just turning into a blob again. Yeah, it, and he reveals himself again. It's like, I was already here, you idiot. He says, 
as he reveals himself, Star Platinum grabs just a rod from the ceiling of the cable car and tries to hit him with it, but the goo forms a shield and is like, didn't I tell you I have no weaknesses? Weren't you listening? You idiot. Jeez. You can't even run unless you cut off your hand. He says, do you understand? (laughs) Which I fucking loved. Because we all know my love for a good bit of English. Yeah. This was top-tier English. But that moment, I think, is very quickly over- overshadowed by the one that comes immediately afterwards, where Jojo sort of gathers himself and does a little monologue where he's mm. like, Good grief. This thing really doesn't have a weakness. It could be the most powerful thing ever. But the Cujo family, no. <laughs> the Joestar family has its own philosophy when it comes to fighting. I still have one strategy left. And then we see, like, a little flash of Joseph in the background saying, yeah, good. That's... To, he smashes the floor with Star Platinum and says, to run away. <laughs> Genius. Ah, Joseph is truly his grandfather. <laughs> oh man, the Cujo family is just that's, that's a really fun moment, I think, because... It's so good. It's just Jojo indulging in the ridiculous... Uh, so Jojo, the person, mm. indulging in the d- ridiculous side of his family in a way we don't often see explicitly. Because mm. he's always so stoic. Yeah. And it's just like, that's it. And even in this case, he's being really stoic, but just what he's doing is so dumb. Yeah. Because I think I told you that it's way more fun to watch this now as a guy who's really fun-loving, but just can't express emotion. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's just like, that is to run away. We. So he's falling. Rabasol is also falling. I guess the dad and the kid are just in the the remaining husk of the, the cable car. Just chilling. Yeah. Fight, grasping for any life. Mm-hmm. But now how's the kid going to get his icy pole? He never did. Oh, come on, Joseph. Joseph? Jojaro. Come on, Jojaro. They're falling. They're into the ocean. Uh, as they're falling, Star Platinum grabs the goo and pulls it in. Ooh. And they land in the ocean and they're underwater. And I think Jojo is holding him under. Yeah. And he's like, I don't have a weakness. I and can't breathe. And Jojo's like, you idiot. I could just kill you. I could literally I could hold just kill you, you by holding you underwater right now. Yeah. No one would ever know. So then uh, he... Let's go of him after splashing into the water. Retracts the goo. And then he comes out of the water. Yeah. And he's like, <gasps> Your stand may be invincible, so I'll just kill you. Do you understand? <laughs> oh! Ooh. Good callback. Jojo says, You sure said all the crap you wanted to back there. I'm the type who takes such things to heart. Whatever that means. And then he just punches him in the face real hard. <laughs> Not with the stand, just he punches him in the face. I think he is his stand. No, I don't think so. I think it's just, he punches him now, and then later... Well, as we know, either way, Jotaro is stronger than an orangutan. So. It's true, it's true. And he did just jump through the wall of a cable car with just his bod earlier. Yeah, but anyone can do that. Alright, let's go. Let's go find some cable cars, Nick. Put your money where your mouth is. Let's roll. Live stream on Periscope, Jojo's World Live, Nick kills himself. I jump out of the cable car and immediately fall to my death. Yeah. He'll, re- he'll be remembered as he was known. Really good at jumping things. <laughs> Jojo breaks this guy's nose. Hard. Yeah. He, he says loses. they're going to have to wire his jaw too. Because uh, he's lost some teeth. Yep. He's, he's like, not looking good. No, okay, okay. Dio just paid me, so I don't really want to die for this. So can we can we talk? And Jojo's like, tell me about the stand users. And he's like, oh, I don't want to do that. So I'll do anything. How about the stand users? Oh, I won't do that. I have some pride. I can't rat out my own side. And Jojo, he gets those ominous black eyes and he holds up his fist and he's like I guess that's honourable <laughs> and he's like okay we can talk about the stand users that's yeah, fine okay. Yeah. Do, yeah. okay take two Nick do you remember the names of the stand users he lists uh, one of them is the Empress yep 
One of them is uh, the scales. Nope. The liberty. Nope. Not a thing. The, not the, a thing. The uh, the scorpion. <laughs> Scorpio. Scorpio. Hank Scorpio. Hank Scorpio. Leader at large. Was that actually a yeah. thing? Was what what the are the other There's Scorpio. There's uh, Libra. Yep. There's uh, Capricorn. Legend of Zelda. Breath of the Wild. <laughs> there's the uh, Majora's Mask. Oh, what was that other one? It was like alarm clock. Or something? Yep. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. There's uh, Stingos, the uh, Sting Remedy. Stingos? Yep. There's Dash Dingo and Crash Bandicoot. There's uh, Johnson's and Johnson's. It's just a powdery fine mist. <laughs> yep. You know, there's so many tarot cards. Yep. Donkey Kong. All, all I know is the Empress. Okay. All I know is the Empress. Uh, also, the Emperor. Uh, you're going to kick yourself oh, when you forgot this one. Uh, the Hanged Man. Oh, the Hanged Man! And yep. uh, Death. Uh, yeah, I, I can not kick myself over yeah. that one because death is pretty generic. So, yeah. Also, Klungo, the villain from Banjo-Kazooie. Wait, was Klungo uh, the, not the witch? No, sort of the uh, mad scientist type. Mad scientist guy. Green skin, one big eye, white coat. Oh, yeah, yeah. Lord yeah. Jiggy Wiggy. Ah, uh, Jiggy Wiggy. Uh, Mumbo Jumbo. Now, who could forget Mumbo Jumbo? These are all tarot cards. <laughs> and all of them have a different stand associated with them. Yep. So, the Hanged Man. Yep. Can't believe I forgot that one. God damn it. So he's like, uh, what are their powers? Oh, I, I can't tell you that. Raises fist. No, no, really, this time I don't know because like the guy said last time, we don't share our powers. That They're just, that's their names. Yeah. That's it. But I heard that a witch told Dio about stands and that one of their stand users is her son. His stand is the hangman. Uh, he has two right hands. He killed Polnareff's sister. Ooh. And his name is, uh, okay, this is another sort of Trans- translation copyright thingy. Hmm. Vocally, he says his name is Jay Guile. Uh-huh. Uh, but it is subtitled as Centerfold. Centerfold. Are you are you tracking these pop culture references? God, no, I'm not. Okay. What? There's a an American band called uh, the Jay Giles Band. Okay. Uh, is Jay Guile in the band? Uh, yep. They're named after their uh, leader and guitarist, uh, Jay Giles, a.k.a. John Warren Giles Jr., I'm sorry? John Warren Giles Jr. Wow. Of the North Hampshire Giles. <laughs> I came here for a village. Oh, he wrote, Gu- he wrote the Giles theme. Oh my god, that's no, the Guile. No, really. That's the Guile. <laughs> Sonic <laughs> Boom. Man, I want to be the Guile. <laughs> so, um... They wrote the song Centerfold, which I'm sure you will have heard. You know that um from this episode. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> you know that song about the guy who like his um his high school girlfriend or whatever he sees her in like a lads magazine as the centerfold. No, but uh, you know, go it on. goes like my blood runs cold, my memory has just been sold. My angel is the centerfold. Angel is the centerfold. No, got no idea. You'd know it if you heard it. Okay, understood. <laughs> well, I mean, yes, but uh. Give me some more metal references and I'll be like, you you know this one. You know this one. You know I'm playing a bit for you because okay. you will know this song. When was it written? 80s. That's probably why I don't know it that much. My dad more or less skipped to the 80s. Yeah, but what, oh, I guess you weren't alive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't, but I know. Uh, yeah, but you've also gone through JoJo's. We've all lived through the JoJo's. <laughs> well, me not yet. Are you sure this isn't totally... Oh. Is this the song? Yeah. And now you know. Now I know. And now you know the rest of the story. Yeah. She was in a centerfold. Yeah. Well, there you go. So that guy killed Polnareff's sister. What a dick. Yeah. And his stand is the hanged man. 
Do you want to know about the tarot significance of the hanged man? Yes. And tune in in the future. Shit. <laughs> he also says that even though he doesn't know his powers, he's heard that he's really tough and that apparently his stand uses a mirror somehow. Polnareff has no chance. Oh, well, of that we can be certain. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking loser. So as he's talking, he's like, he's trying to get out of the water because, you know, he's had enough of being in the water. And he puts his arm over the side of the, what, the, the dock, the wharf? What is it? I think it's a wharf. Yeah. I think that's what you call the, it. Um, the wall. The breakwater wall thingy. The cliff face yeah. of the city. Yep. And as he's pulling himself up, he he sees a drain nearby and a manhole. And he's there. all like, it's my lucky uh, day. Yeah. The goddess of luck is still smiling on me, Jojo. You idiot. Yeah. I've outwitted you yet again with pure coincidence. And we see this drain and there are crayfish hanging from it. And we see some of the craze getting sucked up and the bolts that hold the drain in place get shoot out and ooze with goo. And we see a shot of his arm over the side of the wall just oozing goo. Into this manhole. Yeah, into this closed manhole through the cracks. And then a giant flinging hunk of goop comes out of this drain. It's Jojo square in the chest, everything goes red. And then that's it. He's dead. Yep. He's gone. Bad ending. The darkest timeline. Yeah. Insert coin, start again. So basically he just kind of gets taken down a little. Yeah. He gets surrounded He's like, again. huh, I ate some crayfish and powered up. I'm going to crush you into jam. If I kill you, Dio will give me a hundred million dollars. <laughs> Which, when I heard that, just went, fucking what? A hundred million? Yeah. Okay. Now I have to ask you, is that a hundred million Singaporean dollars? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. Mm-hmm. And it's a good, is it a hundred million Singaporean dollars? Because it's a different uh, exchange rate from... I would imagine that whatever he said was actually in yen, but... I mean, that's still a lot of money. Yeah. Like, in the 80s, that was a lot of money. Now, that's a lot of money. Ooh, if he invested that in, like, Apple shares or something, Yeah, you know? yeah. Rubber Soul could, have been, could be the next Steve Jobs. Exactly! God damn. Ooh. I think in the manga, he also makes some reference to being, like, talking about $100 million for uh, just a few minutes of fighting. Not even Mike Tyson gets that much. <laughs> it's, it's a fuck ton of money. Yeah. It's... Oh. Jojo is unfazed. He's just because standing there with the By smoke. this point, he knows the secret of the ooze. Ooh. What, what's the secret then, Joe? Huh? The secret of the ooze is that water ruins its day. Huh. Huh. He's like, so he does a little, another little monologue. Do you want me to, to, to rendition it? Oh, please, by all means. <clears throat> Assume the character. Acting. Stoic. But fun-loving on the inside. Good grief. It's rather hard to observe yourself. Haven't you realised you were only lucky up until now? Before, you only suffered a broken nose. That was when you were truly lucky. Listen here, you little shit. I was a Navy SEAL. Star Platinum's hand emerges from the water. It's coated in water. Mm-hmm. And it sort of punches itself into the drain. Oh. Uh, I'm not really sure how this works in a in It's a, a, it's in a, a water sense. pressure pump. Yes, so punch. Uh, punch. <laughs> Both times! Nick keeps mistakenly saying water pressure pump. To be fair, that's a more accurate you know version when you sort of, of pump your fist at someone to hurt them. Yeah, like a piston that pumps things. Yeah, a piston that uh, moves the crankshaft of a steamship and prevents steam from building up inexorably, <laughs> causing the ship to explode. Huh? Is that how it mechanically operates? <laughs> the fist hits the the drain pipe. All the water in the drain pipe, which I guess may have been backed up by all the goo. It's unclear. Maybe? Because a huge jet of water shoots out of the manhole and the manhole cover hits Rubber Soul in the face and the jet of water knocks him back into the water. And uh, he sort of gets into his the head... Ocean, yeah, his head kind of like 
gets back up and he's like, oh, oh, hang on a minute. Jojo looms over him with black eyes again. He's like, uh, buddy, I was just joking about that whole thing. I was just kidding. He grabs him by the head and pulls him up. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, just fooling around, man. Just japes. Just, uh, you know, the old, the old prankaroo, buddy. No. None of this. <laughs> I have nothing more to say to you. You're too pathetic to talk to anymore. And we get a, a nice a nice little aura, aura, aura. This one's very brief, actually. It is quite brief. Jojo is holding him by the head with his physical hand. And Star Platinum is just going to town on his face. And then we, we sepia and cut away to an ad break. Oh, and uh, all the while, his face is getting hella mangled. He's having a bad time, He's suffice having a to bad say. Time. Now, this was the ad break where we learned all about what the antibiotics actually Well, no, this was them. the ad break where we'd already watched all the ads and it just loaded and then skipped ahead. Oh, no, it was. Yeah, 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 true. Never mind. <laughs> No, I thought this was the one where we learned no, this was what the last they were one good we had. for. Yeah, yeah, true. Remember we saw like 10 ads in a row previously? That is true. Crunchyroll wanted to get all those ads in before the internet broke. We're on the train to India. Ergo, we can surmise that it's the next day. Ooh. Polnareff is musing over the existence of Jay Guile. Centerfold. That bastard. No, 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 My love. <laughs> And then they're like, oh, where's Anne? Oh, we left her at the Singapore train station. I guess she was off to meet her father. And Polnareff thinks she was lying about meeting her father. She was always jiving about meeting her dad just to hang out with us. It's a bit lonely without her around, right, Jojo? And Jojo's like, hmm. <laughs> Literally, that's what he sounds yeah. like. Kakuin is back in the episode now. Hey, Jojo. It's a bit, bit creepy that Stan disguised itself as me. Yeah, it's, it's a bit weird. Yeah. You gonna uh, have that cherry? Mm, they're my favourite. Could I, could I please have it? And so he takes it, mm-hmm. and Jojo is immediately suspicious. He goes, blah, 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 blah. And, and licks it around his tongue. Just like the other guy was doing. And Jojo was like, Ugh. Is this, should I be worried about this? And then, but then he stopped and he's like, Hey, Jojo, look, flamingos. <laughs> I love flamingos. They're like, going past like quite a nice looking, I guess it's like a rice field or something. I think so. Yeah. It's just sort of like scenery. Yeah, well, it's, that's what I think rice fields look like, where it's uh, like a sort of multi tier agricultural thing. field mm. with a with like a low level of water in it and yeah, yeah yeah neat i i haven't got the agricultural knowledge <laughs> to back you up on this but yes and then we pan out to the side of the cabin wall there's a the cabin door yeah and there's a window and then we cut to inside that window as Anne is sleeping on the same train <gasps> she mouths jojo's name as she sleeps oh no end of episode oh no this is bad <laughs> Good app. Good app. I've talked about this a lot, a couple of times in the last few weeks, but I really enjoy the Singapore episodes. I f- like they aren't especially groundbreaking in terms of plot, though. In this one, they we sort of progress the the Polnareff's quest subplot just a little bit, yep. but enough. We learn about the identity. We foreshadow the antagonist. Hmm. Uh, but I think because you know, you having listened to our previous podcasts, you may. Have surmised that we weren't huge fans of Dark Blue Moon and Strength. Weren't we, though? Because, I mean, an orangutan has the strength of five humans. Jojo has the strength of six. Shit. Um, but it's I feel like game. this episodic structure really finds its, its groove with the with these episodes. Because you have Chucky mm-hmm. and the Blob. And it's just a good time. Like, the, the party has coalesced in a way where everyone knows each other now. and mm-hmm. You can just get on with it. Yeah, and I think also with say, um, Kakuin at the end of the episode, we start to get our first uh, first peek into what these guys are like when they aren't in life or death situations, which is to say, huge fucking weirdos. 
Because Kakuin actually does that weird cherry thing. And... Yeah, and also sunbathes with his school uniform yep. on. What? I've, sure. I've, I've heard a really interesting, read a really interesting interpretation of this episode that the reason that Rabasol could get away with impersonating Kakuin for so long is because he's just this kind of weird guy who sunbathes with his uniform on and actually eats cherries like a crazy person. <laughs> uh, so, you know, they for a while they see him doing things that seem a bit strange and they're like, oh yeah, Kakuin's weird. Yeah, fucking love me some Kakuin, but at the same time, <laughs> what the hell, bro? Yeah. So do you want to talk about our highlights and lowlights of this episode? Yes. Okay. Highlights. Highlights. Hmm. 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 I'm trying to get um, into this fortress, but the door is locked. Hmm. <laughs> I hmm. reckon it's probably got to be uh, when he finally figures out, well, I can just beat you up instead. Because it's a nice moment that you haven't really seen with any other stand mm. so far. It's always been like, stand v stand, or person yeah, like, v person. Okay, yeah, I can't hit you, but I'll just drown you. Like, yeah, I'll just right. fuck you up. Like, that's, that's fine, I'll do yeah. that. Yeah. So that's a good moment where you're like, oh, good. You can just beat him up. <laughs> yeah. I actually really like the way um, Jojo decides that he's going to run away. Yeah, I think that's a, it's a it's a fun monologue, even oh, though it's delivered with his his trademark seriousness. And then the way he decides to run away is in fact just by punching the floor and <laughs> grabbing the guy who he's trying to escape from. Be <laughs> like, off we go. Yep. Uh, low lights. Low lights. Low to the lights. Low lights. I reckon mine is the second uh, drowning him bit. So the, he's um, already the in drain? the yeah. So he's already in the water, and and then he goes, oh. Well, I'll be able to beat you. And then he just gets him back in the water again. And you're like, okay, that took us literally nowhere. Mm. Great. <laughs> this is another one of those episodes where there's not really anything I dislike in it per se. Mm. So I'm going to go back to, I think, what I chose last time as well, which even though I enjoy it, mm-hmm. you just have to pick something, which is the the weirdly muted reaction Joseph and Abdul have to learning of peril <laughs> once again. <laughs> where they're just like, huh, so... Yeah. You might be dying. Should probably look into that. Yeah. Mm. Sure, I'll be fine. Mm, whatever. We got bigger fish to fry. Got bigger deos to. Yeah, I mean, we do. Fun. We do have those those restaurant reservations in half an hour. So maybe we'll look into this when we get back. You know, when in Singapore, you know, you, you don't do just... as the Singaporeans do, yeah, which you... is to say, don't litter. <laughs> don't go outside and just throw ooze everywhere. <laughs> just stay calm. Yeah. Chill in your room. Sunbathe by the pool. It's gonna be great. So Nick. Oh dear. Pop question. Pop question. Pop quiz. Okay. What do you think is going to happen next time on Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Part 3, Status Crusaders, in the episode entitled Mm -hmm. The Emperor and the Hanged Man? Ooh. They're really going all out now, aren't they? Yeah. Okay, well, I reckon the Hanged Man is not the Emperor for a good... Yep, makes sense. Yep, for a good start. Two different tarot as we went over. Yep. Them and, uh... And, uh... Bunch Machubbins. <laughs> Them and Bunch Machubbins. Moby Dick. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Hodgman. These are all tarot cards. Yep, yep. Uh, Philip K. Dick as well. You're just looking at books on my shelf, aren't you? Huh? Do you have a Philip K. Dick book? I thought I did. No, in fact, I got rid of my Philip K. We've discussed this on the podcast before. Oh, oh yeah. there you go. No. Uh, Harry Potter and the Silmarillion. That's a good one. That's a good crossover yeah. now that I think about it. I actually really don't like the Silmarillion. No one does. So dry. Well, yeah, because all it is is a retelling of the history of events yeah. in Norse mythology. Sherlock Holmes, he's a good tarot. He's a great tarot. Yeah. You play him and your Beyblade gains five points. Yep. Okay, here's anyway, what I um, So, yeah, recapping where we are. They're not the same person. We know that the Hanged Man uses mirrors. 
but we don't know. Well, we've reckons. heard a rumour that yes, the Hangman is rumor. rumors. Yes. Uh, we know that he has two right hands. Yep. Uh, we know they are on a train heading from Singapore to India. Which technically would be possible maybe in the future. Yes. But somehow it exists now, which I don't really get. But maybe there's a little bit of land. I don't know. But regardless. So, obviously we're going to have another uh, airplane fight, except on a train. Train battle. Yeah, train battle. We're going to have a That's sweet... so cool, like getting on top of the carriages and punching each other. Have you seen that episode maybe? of Archer? Where, um, like, all his career, Archer wanted to have a fight on top of a train. <laughs> Because that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, and then when he actually gets up there, he finds out it sucks because, like, the wind is hitting yeah, their eyes yeah. and there are bugs. And... Yeah. They're just like, oh, it's the worst. Yeah. Oh, man. Good times with Archer. Mm-hmm. I do love... There's one bit in Archer that I fucking love where um, it's only one line, but you know when he gets his new car for, like, his birthday? And it's just, like, this black car and they're going through all the things that it has, like, oil slick. And oh, yeah. Like, oil slicks! And then there's one line that's, like, complete with leather. Corinthian leather and he's like Corinth is world renowned for its leather <laughs> yeah so they're gonna have a train battle train and it's battle. gonna be uh, with, with the emperor and the hanged man possibly some kind of orient express as it were oh so someone dies on the train and it's like we need to find out who killed this guy I reckon like, it was it a be. stand user I reckon it might be where they're just gonna be like that's odd there's this thing here maybe a stand user someone here. killed the emperor yeah ooh ooh hello I reckon the emperor's gonna be the one on the train and then the hanged man will come in at the end Oh, just sort of like as a foreshadowing thing? Yeah. And be like, well done, Mr. Polnareff. And then he'll disappear into a mirror. Oh, yeah. Um, the Emperor. Well, mm. uh, I can tell you that the Emperor's stand uh, involves being nude. Okay. No, not really. Because, oh. you know, the Emperor has no clothes. Yeah, I know. Does it involve him getting turned into some kind of llama or alpaca type <laughs> creature? Sure. Okay, all right. I reckon we're going to go on a fun, family-friendly adventure. He's got the Midas touch. <laughs> Midas touch. Everything he touches, including his wife, turns to gold. God, the Emperor. Okay, I reckon the Emperor's just going to be the main battle. Yep. For the whole episode. Thoughts on what the Emperor might... Emperor's power might be. Hmm, the Emperor. The Emperor. Well, I came pretty close wow. last time with Kakuin is possessed yep. or... Slash and the time possessed. before that with the Chucky scenario. Yeah. So I'm on a roll here. So the Emperor. The Emperor... It brings to mind some kind of control of minions or some kind of, like control of things so maybe hmm, he controls like some kind of variety of different dudes and he himself is the emperor he's like a pet class exactly so he's like the pokemon trainer guy who's right. like yeah i've got my little minions but i can keep spawning these goblins forever <laughs> and then they're like but there's only four but we hate them. goblins <laughs> yeah everyone hates goblins though. um look at all these 100 vampires on the ceiling uh yeah so he'll probably be something like that which I reckon will lend itself well to a train where you've got multiple angles to come from and they only have so many options to get off. So he's like, oh, well, I come from my love life. Yeah. Ooh. 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 That's a bad joke. Um, Yeah. So the emperor will get beaten. They'll arrive in India and then the hanged man will be watching. And do you think that'll be at the end of the episode or like halfway through? I reckon three quarters of the way through. They'll beat the Emperor and the Hanged Man will be like, <laughs> Time for we'll me! And then we'll see him stroking his chin with two right hands. Ah, his two chins, He's apparently. He's ha- doing a handshake with two people at the same time. My God! Um, do, you, what, do you have any guesses about what the Hanged Man's power might be? It feels like it's going to be some kind of suffering power. So the more pain he takes. Well, we, we just saw that, though, with, with uh, the, the devil. Oh, yeah, true. The de- yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, the devil was more like a curse more than... But it specifically invoked by the pain the user was taken. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, maybe... Allegedly involves a mirror. Maybe it's... Maybe it's like Persona, where it's not a physical thing. You mean like all stands? No, no, I mean like he won't get punched in the face so much as uh, he'll be outwitted and then that's the end of the battle. Okay, but what do you think his power is, I'm asking you? Okay, okay. Uh, I reckon it's something to do with making, like, a reflection of the person that they're fighting against. Okay. So, like, maybe... Like, I've captured your image in my mirror. Yeah. Except it's the dick version of you. Oh, like, mirror battle. Yeah, basically. Evil star platinum. Exactly. So, it's like Persona, where it's like, but now I have to face myself. Ooh. Turns out the real person who killed my sister was the darkness inside me. Oh, no. And then he literally and personifies two the darkness. right hands because reflections. Hey, that's a good idea. It could also just be that uh, the train is a hall of mirrors. Ooh. Or something. I don't know. But I reckon it's probably most likely going to be look into yourself and then you kill yourself kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that seems fairly comprehensive. Whew. Now we've got a piece of listener correspondence I want to address. Let's crack out the old uh, mailbag. The mailbag, of course, being my favourite tarot card. Is it filled with the other tarot cards? It's the, uh, it's Postman Pat. Uh, Constable Care. Fireman Sam. Care Bears. Thomas the Tank Engine. The Fat Conductor. Controller Nick. Shit! That's Jesus! It. Shut it down. Shut it down. We've failed for the last Do you know time. anything about the tarot? <laughs> I know things about trains. Uh, Joshua Kev Perry on Twitter asks, uh, what video game, video game, sorry, what video game God, Liam. best illustrates JoJo style? God Hand and PNO3 being two examples to see. Oh my God, God Hand. Holy shit, that game. <laughs> Have you seen God Hand? Uh, I've seen a little bit of it. It's, it's, uh, it's Clo- was it Clover, the studio that went on to reform as Platinum? I think so. That sounds right to me, though. I Anyway, it's like a uh, sort of character action style. Yeah, it's like, an old, it's like an old Western Japanese style ridiculous over-the-top action game. Mm. With a full combat system that is too deep for its own good. So to my mind, the things that um, really give a game a sort of a JoJo vibe mm. are ludicrous action sequences. Mm-hmm. And also just that sort of je ne sais quoi that comes with the, the JoJo flair. You, you finally know, got it off. The um, larger than life characters, poses, fashion. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so do you have any thoughts, first of all? Okay, absolutely. I think the JoJo fighting games perfectly encapsulate. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Uh, no, I reckon anything that is supremely over the top, like, so camp, mm. but, like, it knows exactly what it's doing. I think you see shades of that in the Metal Gear series. Oh, hell yeah. Especially, Where... like, have you ever played the, um, the Twin Snakes remake? No, I haven't. That's, you know, some people malign that a bit. It was a higher graphical remake of, um... The original. Yeah, of Metal yeah. Gear Solid. Uh, but they also really, like, amped up the cutscenes to have more ridiculous shit. Oh, like, God. Solid Snake... Jumping between homing rockets and and spinning in the air and and they add a lot of like jet noises whenever someone does something athletic. Oh no, that was already in the original though. Was it? That was like the sound. Okay. Yeah. No, I reckon. Uh, yeah, Metal Gear Solid's a good one because everything's so like hugely dramatic. And people go on these weird speeches. And... Yeah, exactly. It goes for like twenty minutes, and you're like, what? Yeah. Um, and we've you know we've clashed about this before, but I think um. Revengeance also kind of captures the ludicrous action aspect. You would, wouldn't you? In the terms of the, in terms of the sword play, it does. Yes, <laughs> um, I think Bayonetta is good as well. Oh yeah, I think most of the platinum, platinum fair, yeah. is probably good on that regard because it's just so crazy. Yeah, like half of the, like literally near Automata, 
the uh, the head director. I've been of meaning of, meaning to look into that. Like literally the head director, because I get a whole lot of press videos for it as well, but I haven't been paying attention. But uh, Will, who's the head honcho at GameCloud, he said, Nick, you do realize that like in all of his interviews, he's wearing a near automaton mask. Oh. And I was like, is he? He sent me one video where it was like, guys, is guys. That thing that looks a bit like a, a rock with a, a crazy weird head. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so there was one video where he's wearing that and he just goes, guys, guys, gu-. like this is the director of the fucking company going, guys, 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 Nero Automata has a t-shirt. And then it's 20 seconds of him rolling on the ground doing just barrel rolls going, Nero Automata, Nero Automata, Nero Automata. And just that. That sounds like a video you would watch and then seven days later you would die. <laughs> I mean, I almost died laughing, so... Yeah, so anything that's ridiculously over the top... God, I watched some gameplay footage of that game, and it looks like you can do some really cool shit, like the fact that your weapons are just hovering off your back, so yeah. you, can, you can key that sort of teleconnect control into your combos. Yeah, no, plat- I know that Platinum games have a lot of stuff where they're like, we just want you to do things, but we're not going to make it easy for you to do mm. it. But then once you pull it off, you're like, God, I'm not man. Oh, there was another game that came to mind. I also think, um, for my money, the Yakuza series really, yes. really captures that vibe yes. because that is just... It, everyone who's listening, get yourself access to a PlayStation console. Where are you going with this? Get yourself a copy of Yakuza 4, 5, or 0. Yep. I haven't played 0, but I've heard it's really good. Yeah, uh, 5 or 4, definitely top tier. Um, 1, 2, and 3, also good in their own right, though I haven't played... I've played 1, but I haven't played 2 or 3. You, you are the Yakuza. You are most often Kazuma Kiryu, the dragon of Dojima. Uh-huh. Uh, you're this guy in this cool but also kind of tacky grey suit. It's not tacky. It's very, it's, very Japanese. It's very fashion. loud. It's very loud. Yeah, for a grey suit, it's very loud. <laughs> and he's kind of like Jotaro a bit in that he's sort of really very self-serious. Yeah. and But he's just in these ludicrous situations with these really flamboyant people. Well, what happens is it's like... Almost deadly serious storytelling of like, oh no, he's gone forever. Mm. And then you get in these combat sequences. Yeah, where... you, you, you just you just finish a fight where you have like you're finding a guy in the batting cages and you execute a really cool combo so that you end up he ends up by the pitcher and you end up by the batting spot and the ball fires and you hit it and you hit the ball right into this guy's face and doing massive damage and then you defeat him and then you watch like a 10 minute monologue about like we have to escape this life of crime because it's just tearing the family apart and in the next section you pick up a grand piano and use it to smash your like great uncle's best yeah. enemy or something it was really mismarketed i think when it first came out as like japan's answer to grand theft auto yeah because it's definitely not that like there's no driving in it it's more like japan's answer to saints row but e- but even so there's, but like, there's no driving in it there there are yeah. random battles like you walk down the street and a random thug will grab you and be like hey i don't like the way you're dressed <laughs> let's fight you walk out of the uh the karaoke club you can literally sing karaoke. You can sing karaoke. You can go to an arcade and play actual video game yeah. arcade games. I told you that um the manga library that they have. Oh yeah, you go to the you read the, initial the convenience D. store or whatever, and oh. just like go to the manga shelves and like oh here's a copy of Initial D. Let's. Re-. Unfortunately, they didn't translate those in oh. the Western releases, but you can oh. still look at the pictures. Yeah, and they're dopey, dopey faces. It's just such an amazingly well, r- ludicrously no reason to ever do it to this detail. Realized depiction of a Japanese red light district. Uh, it's called Kamurocho in game, but it's loosely inspired by an actual one in Tokyo, I believe. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's definitely not real. 
without giving too much away, mm-hmm. uh, Jojo Part 4 takes place almost entirely in in one town. Huh. So my ideal, like, Holy of Holy Jojo's game I would love to see mm. is a Yakuza-style game set in that town where you play as the protagonist of Part 4. And if you have no idea what Yakuza is by now, just fucking just... Just do just, it. Just, you have no idea what you're missing out on. If you like Jojo's, you will like Yakuza. Yeah. It's like that Venn diagram is a circle. It's just like one blob of just there. In fact, the whole square is just both of them. Yeah. You're like, oh, oh, everyone likes both of these things. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. So yeah, anything that is flamboyant, very camp, very over the top, but it knows what it's doing. All like very weird and like unexpected mm. turns as well. Oh, just um, circling back to one thing I wanted to say. Mm. Um, RE Yakuza versus Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Which is, to my money, there's a bit of a spectrum about crime games mm-hmm. where Grand Theft Auto is at one end. Yeah. Yakuza is at the other. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Saints Row is along there, the various iterations. Mm-hmm. And then in the middle, you've got Sleeping Dogs, which is actually probably what people expected when they heard the marketing for Yakuza. Yes. Because that's very much a Grand Theft Auto game with Kung Fu. Yeah. It's like John Woo film, but yeah. it's Grand Theft Auto. Play Sleeping Dogs as well, listener. Yeah, it's all right. There's a, there's a DLC you can get for that, which is a Halloween DLC, and you fight Chinese hopping vampires with martial arts. <laughs> Young Chi, is that what they're called? Uh, Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. They eat your Chi. Oh. It happened in an episode of Jackie Chan Adventures. Ah, uh, But see. also, I think they're a cool cool myth. If you throw a bag of rice, they have to count all the grains and you can escape. Are you serious? Not in the game, but in oh. mythology. Oh, okay. That's how the Chinese have survived for so long. They just keep throwing grains of rice at these things and then... Um, not you had moved on. Stuff. What were we talking about? Oh, no, I was just saying, anything that's flamboyant, anything that's over the top, yeah. is like perfect JoJo, like, descriptors. What, do you be- what about games like um, Devil May Cry? I never really delved into those. Well, Did they hit the mark? Devil May Cry is, like, a bit half-half because it takes itself seriously when it's... Okay, it knows exactly how camp it is, mm-hmm. and it just does which, ridiculous which, which things. Which strikes me as Jojo-ish. Yeah, but the problem is that it's still just not quite ridiculous enough okay. to be like Revengeance or God Hand or something like that. So you've got sections where Dante is like in his office, and then these demons like show up, and he's like shirtless, he has no guns, he's mm-hmm. like, well, this is inconvenient. And so he's just eating like a slice of pizza, and then he throws up the pizza... Beats down all these demons like a pool cue, jumps over things, hits a fan, falls on another one, and like just kills them all. Sits back in his chair, pizza slice falls into his hand, he's like, good times. I so think, it's more like over the top action than bizarre. I think parts of the Resident Evil series might might hit the mark. Um, I think Less so to the pre- our previous examples, but things like the climax of Resident Evil 5, where you're mm. punching a boulder in a volcano and then you you plunge your nemesis into the lava and get on a helicopter and shoot rockets at him. Uh. I think that is sort of... That has to be a little self-aware, maybe? No, that's the problem, is okay, that it's not. Whether or not it is self-aware, I think it is sufficiently over the top that it, it strikes... They may not be doing it deliberately, hmm. but they are activating that same sort of this is so stupid, I love it. Yeah, the sweet insincerity. Yeah. I know that um, there was a character in Resident Evil 4. Well, actually, I think uh, Jim Sterling did a video about it where he was like, Resident Evil 4 was fun. It knew that it was being fun. Mm. And so there's a character in Resident Evil 4 who's like a kid who's really snobby. Oh, uh, Salazar? Yeah. And so whenever he's like, I'm going to be the best. And Leon's like, I'll break your bones. And he's like, ah! and then just hangs up. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm going to break his bones. <laughs> All right. Shall we wrap things up? Sure. Great. Wait, was there any other listener correspondent? Not this week, because we've been recording for an hour and 20 minutes. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. Uh, if you want to correspond with us, though, you can reach us at uh, Jojo's Podcast on Twitter. 
jojospodcast at gmail.com. It's still tripod month. Try a new podcast. Do it, you lazy sacks of good people. It's my favourite tarot card. Thank you. Lazy sacks of good people. Yeah. <laughs> it's very Dark Souls. They're very, like, blobby. Our theme music is uh, Three Chain Links by Happiest Days. I think I got that the wrong way around. Our theme music is Happiest Days by Three Chain Links. Check them out on SoundCloud.com. And until next time, to, to be, be continued. <laughs> <laughs>